the lyric. Take the gals to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. <laughs> so close. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. 810. On WTMJ, Eric in for Vince. Vince is back on Monday. Steve Scafidi joining us in studio. Mm-hmm. Mike Spaulding is here. I didn't get the big voice guy Steve Scafidi feeling in for, but I'm, I'm still good. You're noticing yeah, that, huh? Special guest. It was done intentionally. Uh-huh. Spite the guy that comes in after us. Debbie's got the roads, and uh, Greg Hill is producing the big program. My thanks to Pancake for all week. He's been a huge help, so thank you, Greg. Uh, so today's the big day. Finally, lawmakers come together, shake hands, sing kumbaya, and celebrate as they pass bipartisan legislation on a shared revenue bill. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? Like that kind of cooperation and bipartisanship and camaraderie and love, mutual love and respect. Not everyone's in on it, though. That was some bullshit. <laughs> say the word. Come on. Uh, <laughs> she did say the word. Yeah, she did. The Senator did, Latonya Johnson uh, yesterday. So she's part of the Joint Finance Committee and um, a Democrat who was disappointed with some of what she felt was Milwaukee being taken hostage as they went through this process. We should never use our kids as a pawn. And as grown adults, that's responsible legislatively for this state, we should be ashamed. No, they should be ashamed of themselves. A little bit more from the state senator. It is my honor to do what's right by our kids. But I also want to say that that was some bullshit. Yeah, so they're not happy with some of what's put in place here. And actually, one thing to point out, too, is that if it does, as expected, right? As expected, if it does pass today, it will pass. It's not. It's not going to be a shock. It's going to pass. But it, there's still going to be a lot of what will happen in the county and in the the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, that. I mean, that's deciding for that piece of it. Yes, that we need yeah. that to happen. It's not just one thing or the other. But here's the thing: What's she talking about? What's this? War, what What was the term she used about kids? War on kids? Or Using them as a pawn. What does that mean? You're you're giving more money for public education. You're adding, in my opinion, security and maybe some discipline into schools, at least, what, 25 or 26 schools that are getting SRO. What are you talking about? What does that mean exactly? There's no definition of what it means. She's just saying stuff. Well, I, I played you a 15-second soundbite. Is there, is there something that's going to elaborate? I don't think so, because it's the same BS, to use her term, that we always hear. You're getting more money for public education. How is that a, a loss or a takeaway? So who throws the verbal grenades today? Because usually what happens, and we've seen this in Washington too, when we know that it's bipartisan, we know that there is a a select group of lawmakers, usually on both sides of the aisle, that get to complain about it because they need to vote no for whatever reason, right? A constituency, what have you. And you have obviously the GOP helping put this together. You have the governor on board with this passing, but someone's not going to be happy about it, right? So what? We, we, we should, if it's a bipartisan deal, we shouldn't expect unanimous consent. No, you're right. That doesn't happen. You're right. You have a Democratic governor. Last time I checked, uh, Tony Evers is a Democrat, right? Has that changed? We have a Democratic-leaning 
Milwaukee mayor, even though it's kind of a nonpartisan race. But we all know, wink, wink, nod, nod. He's a Democrat. What are other Democrats expecting here? You have the two leaders, local and states, that are saying this is a great deal. So why don't you listen to your teammates, to use that overused cliched term, and get this done and stop making up stuff to be stressed about. I'm sorry that some people don't like police in schools. So what? A lot of people get upset about a lot of things. That's just dumb. So where do they do the bill signing, which won't be today, but... You know, do they? And who's all there? It'll be a mixed bag. Sounds what some no of what way. we've seen. I, yeah. Voss flanking him on one side. <laughs> I don't know Lemonhue about that. on the other. Yeah, as I don't he think signs, so. As he puts pen to paper, no way. I think there'll be there'll be some photo ops here, but it's not going to be the, you know the grand picture of all of them. You know the kumbaya picture you're looking for. That's not going to happen because they're still enemies on on a lot of subjects. Enemies. Yeah, they they still are. I mean, that's honest. I have the governor on at nine thirty five. You know, he's got to be thrilled with this. Because how he, about that? Yeah. He's going to be thrilled. Well, ask him, you know, how, did he expect to get this deal done? Realistically, did he expect this to happen? I think it's a great question. So where are we on the budget then? Yeah, right? See, that's still got to happen. Still got to crank that one up. Here's the, here's the dirty little secret that's not so secret. The Republicans control the legislature. They're going to get the budget done. And it's the governor's choice, just like last time and the time before that, to accept it. With, with whatever he's comfortable with. If they could get this shared revenue deal done, which has been contentious for, what, a decade or more, a little more than a decade, why would we think they couldn't get a budget deal done? I, I think this is a indication that there is some cooperation. They, they're not, they don't have to like each other. They're not going to kumbaya. They're not going to you know pat each other on the back and go for drinks at whatever popular bar is in, is in the Madison area of the Capitol. It's just, this is work. This We should be happy about the actual work being done instead of all the to use the term again, the BS that passes for work, which is press releases and press conferences. All right, changing gears here on Wisconsin's Morning News. So they are going to vote today in the Senate and in the Assembly. It'll be a big day, long day for many in Madison. What does that mean, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon? They're, oh, my God, I'm overworked. <laughs> uh, some, sometimes they go late. Actually, the Joint Finance Committee was there till midnight last night. I love that. Yeah, Makes up for the six months they don't work. Okay, so you may remember, we're going to give away some Summerfest tickets after the break. So here's what we need. We need contestants, and we need multiple contestants because it's not just a, hey, be caller number seven. You actually have to do something to get these Summerfest tickets. 855-616-1620 on the old National Bank talk and text line. You may remember yesterday, Steve, we played this cheap trick song, and we asked people to finish the lyrics. And we got some interesting reaction. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do it again. It won't be a cheap trick song, though. It'll be something else. It'll be from a different band that's coming to Summerfest. 855-616-1620. Light them up. We need contestants. The first one to get it right will be your winner, but it's not always the first caller. 855-616-1620. This is Wisconsin's Morning News at 816. I've been waiting so long to be where I'm going. In the sunshine of your love. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince is back Monday. Eric Bilstead here along with Steve Scafidi. Spalding taking care of the news for us today. And Debbie Laska's got the roads. Okay, so we have Summerfest tickets to give away. And Summerfest starts next weekend. Don't forget, it's a Thursday through Saturday, three weekend in a row deal. Mm-hmm. there at the Summerfest grounds. And what we did yesterday, Steve, is we played a cheap trick song and you had to finish the lyrics. So now we have lined up the callers. And by the way, it took us five 
Took us five people to get through. Let's be yesterday. honest, the callers sucked yesterday on this game. So <laughs> yeah, let's hope let's hope for better results today. My, my favorite is the Texers letting us know how bad the call Oh my is. goodness. Hey, this isn't easy. This isn't easy. 855-616-1620 on the old National Bank talk and text line. All right. So who's up first? Colin. Is that right? So Colin is from Sussex. Colin, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Good morning, guys. Okay, so here's, here's what we're gonna do. We are trying to find music from bands that are going to be at Summerfest to do this. So who do we have? We have the drummer from Guns N' Roses, right? What's his name? Uh, Adler? Steve Adler. Steve Adler. Thank you. That's right. So he's going to be playing Summerfest. So let's pick a GNR tune. So here is Paradise City. You have to finish the lyric. Take the gals to the Paradise City where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so close, but that was what not... Was that the backup singer part of that? That was pretty awesome. Was it? <laughs> no, I don't, and the judge says uh, buzzer on that one. Okay, who's no. next? We got uh, Nick and Sussex also. Ooh, two sucks. Two Sussexians. <laughs> not the word. <laughs> Nick. Nick, are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Take me home, where? Oh, won't you please take me home? <laughs> All right, do we get? All right, we'll get yeah, it. That, that's it. Did he say please? I don't think so. Oh yeah, I think he, he got did it. Did he say please? He got it. The oh. judge, the judge gave it to you there. Congratulations, Nick. You get Summerfest tickets. And maybe who knows? Maybe you'll go awesome. see GNR. That's up to you though. Well, congratulations. Well done. I'm going to put you on hold because. Uh, Pancakes got to get some information from you. So that went a little quicker yeah. than yesterday. I, I didn't know what it was. I kind of knew, but I, I wouldn't have been able to nail the, the exact words. Hmm. I'm not a big GNR fan. Is Axl Rose with them still? Just the drummer coming. Uh, That's on. it. Just the drummer. <laughs> well, no, I mean, to, to next week to Summerfest. Oh, okay. And what's he going to do? Just drum? <laughs> well, no. I mean, there'll be he a, has band a full with band him. with them, I think. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Didn't Neil Peart sing? I mean, I like drummers, but. Rush, right? Did they just drum? Well, it Phil Collins. Neil Peart was very good. Phil yeah. Collins is yeah, the Phil best Collins. example. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Mickey Hart was well known. So are you saying he's got Phil Collins talent? Is that what you're saying? Because I'd never heard of Steven Adler before this moment. I could probably name more Guns N' Roses songs than I could Phil Collins songs. <laughs> really? <laughs> probably. Actually, he's he is quite the uh, the writer. He's written a lot of songs that you probably don't even realize he wrote. I yeah. will Google that after the show, after my show, which is nine to noon on WTMJ. 8.23 in Wisconsin's Morning News. We have lots to get to. We, we have to wrap up what we saw yesterday in Miami. We'll do that right after the break. Plus, we have to figure out what happened at this funeral. The funeral was canceled because she wasn't dead. All that and more coming up in a minute. There you go. Right there is the example I'm talking about. He could carry a tune, write a tune, top ten... Number one hits and a drummer. I didn't Incredible say drummer. that I didn't like Phil Collins. Oh, I felt I some just, Phil Collins hate there. The Guns N' Roses probably more, maybe not in the I, in the, in the public Roses, consciousness. I think of the vocals and the guitar. That's yeah. what I think. I don't think of drum. That's just me. Am With, I wrong? Actually, I think of Phil Collins more when I think of drumming than I would. Oh my god! Well, now, now we can't use the studio tomorrow when we're yes. we're giving away tickets. We just for blew that up. <laughs> Is he coming? Or no, he's not coming. No, no. But we will give away another pair tomorrow. Is Lizzo so coming for that? I think that would be a fun one. Speaking of singing. 
So they sang happy birthday to the former president last night at Bedminster. This after he returned from his time in Florida for the indictment. Supporters celebrating the president or the former president, I should say, who turned 77 today. No word on whether Ivanka Trump climbed out of a document box and danced. No, no, stop it. That didn't happen. Where is she at? It didn't happen. Where is she at in all this? I haven't seen her. Well, might be a reason why you're not seeing her. She's probably staying away from this as far as she can. Did you notice, I'm watching this with my wife Kathy last night, some of the coverage, and the women in the audience at that location, Bedminster, is that Bedminster, yeah? Yes, in New Jersey. They yeah. all had similar dresses on, almost like a um, it was a, a costume party. You know, it's funny you say that. Like what I noticed, one of one of the first things I noticed when we were looking for the protesters, the demonstrators, the supporters, and whoever was going to show up in Miami, what it reminded me of, it reminded me of New Year's Eve. All they had was they all they weren't wearing were the glasses that say 2023. <laughs> oh, you mean it. just like odd stuff? Just, yeah. They're all in weird costumes, yeah. all standing up, barricaded in an area, waiting to be seen on television. That's what it is. Political theater. Marky Mark was walking around some actually no. Who it's which Wahlberg? Is it Donnie Wahlberg who's he was always at New Year's? He's yeah, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark yes. Wahlberg definitely not doing <laughs> New not Year's doing programming. Yeah. Right. Transformers took so care of that for him. Where does this go from here? The the former president pleading not guilty. It is unclear when the next development in the case could come. Trump's legal team will likely file pre-trial motions, which could include trying to dismiss the case or exclude certain evidence. I mean, I think the expectation here is that they're going to try to drag this out as much as they can, and the strategy will be run for president, and if you win the presidency, then you can make this all go away. I don't know how much of the coverage you watched post this event last night, post the hearing yesterday, the arraignment hearing. Um, there's discussion that the other prosecutor in New York will will step aside as this federal case goes forward. So that timeline could shift because we're talking March for uh, the New York case. That may go away until after whatever this is and perhaps after any January 6th indictment. So let's not be too sure if you're the Trump camp that you can just push this off. They're going to do everything they can to do that, of course. And by the way, there's also Georgia, where officials there are taking notes. In fact, they even went down to see how it all played out yesterday. The Fulton County Sheriff's Office says deputies have traveled to New York and now Miami to gather information on security preparations at court proceedings for Trump. This summer, we are expecting Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis to announce her decision on possible charges related to the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. A special grand jury investigated efforts on the part of Trump and his allies to overturn the election results. In Georgia. That's a reporter from WANF-TV. Yeah, another indictment could come down. More charges could be filed. Yeah, that could be either just before July 4th, that, that break, there or after. There are some candidates and, who are uh, running for the same spot, the GOP nomination for president, who are, quote-unquote, supporting the former president in this, or at least ca- not calling him out over the indictment. And there is one reason and only one reason why they're doing that. It has nothing to do with their support for him or anything to do with that. It's to make sure that if Trump goes down, their supporters will remember that this person was supporting the president. So that's why they are supporting him now so they can get those voters. Yeah, if Trump goes down, someone has to get the nomination. And you want to be that person, whether it's Nikki Haley or Mike Pence or whoever. So you're, you're going to walk that fine line. Although even Nikki Haley 
has said some critical things. That line has moved and shifted in the last She week. dropped the opportunity of a pardon the other day. Yeah. So that means she's going after his voters. She wants to yeah, make sure absolutely. that she well, that's gets his politics. supporters. That's yeah. politics. Yeah. There's a lot of voters to get. She had, what, 70, 75 million, 77 million voters? That's a lot of people to get when you're trying to, to win the nomination for presidency if Trump's not the guy. Yeah, I was there for that, though, Steph. Not you. Wisconsin's <laughs> Morning News. He is Steve Scafidi. I'm Eric Vilsett. Vince is back on Monday. You were at uh, the Summer of 69. I was alive during it. the Summer of 69. Yeah, I, I was not. That is correct. Uh, speaking who was and then wasn't and then was alive, this story making the news out of Ecuador. Imagine being at a funeral. Here, I'll, I'll set the scene a little bit for you here. Make sure that you can... Feel the what it's like. There you go, right? Funeral, obviously, or, or dark shadows <laughs> soundtrack. It's, it's obviously a time of mourning, but also a time of celebration, of some prayer and whatnot. And there's this woman, 76 years old, who mourners had gathered to celebrate her life. This was in Ecuador, and as they walked up crossed themselves and did the prayers and whatnot. Perhaps a eulogy was about to start. All of a sudden, out of nowhere. Hey, I'm in here. Not dead. Not I'm dead. I'm in here. That's what you scream. So the eulogy continued. <laughs> no, it didn't. It just went on like nothing happened. She was still alive. She was 76 years old. This woman uh, went unconscious. They believe that she had suffered a stroke and had cardiac arrest. Um, so the doctor at the hospital, after trying to resuscitate her, could not do so. So they said, okay, well, you know, we're going to declare her deceased, which obviously happens whenever anyone passes away. There's a declaration. So her family took her to the funeral home the same day, only to be surprised when she banged on the coffin. That's just creepy. There are many of us there, says her son, after about five hours of the wake. So five hours, the coffin started to make sounds. My mom was wrapped in sheets and hitting the coffin. When we approached, we could see that she was breathing heavily. Well, she's wrapped in sheets, yeah, and there's not a lot of air in there, let's be honest. There's no need for air. No, so immediately, one of the first questions we had was, well, how could this happen when there's embalming and whatnot? And we did get a texter who suggested that in some of these countries in that part of the world there in Ecuador, they don't do the embalming. It's just too hot. So they immediately do funerals the day of, oftentimes. From death to burial rather quickly. Yeah, which got me thinking, well, geez, has this happened before? Yes. You ever read those stories where they they dig up old coffins and there's like scratch marks and stuff? Of course it happened. Oh, It's the worst way to, I mean, let's be honest. So now she's been taken back to the hospital where she remains in intensive care. I know CNN's been trying to get her condition now. But boy, I mean, you want to talk. I mean, there's so many questions. I'm surprised Pancake hasn't called and gotten her on the show. He, he, he is relentless. I mean, there's a language difficulty there, but we can figure that out. What's the area code for Ecuador? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do they have area codes in Ecuador? Or is there just one? Well, one question is, what do you do with like the service? Do you still pay for the funeral that you just paid? Oh, yeah. The checks have been cashed. Trust me. That doesn't get paid afterwards. They get paid before. And did she get to hear any of the eulogy? Would you want to hear that? 
I imagine, Eric, she was terrified because she was just about to be buried probably either in a crypt or a below ground where, you know, the chances of surviving that are a lot like less likely than the fact that you survived being in a coffin wrapped for five hours or whatever it was. And then who's she pissed at? The funeral director, <laughs> the family, like where does that anger go? Well, it's funny you say that because the health ministry has to, is now investigating this, but according to NBC news and the associated press, they're also like the government's looking into this hospital. Now the hospital saying like, Hey, look, Hey, we're good. We do know what we're doing here. We promise. We know what we're doing. Don't worry. We won't make that mistake again. And I'm always curious, like, from the time of the stroke and where they can't resuscitate her, like, how much time are we talking about? An hour? Two hours? At some point, that has to have some really impact on your brain function and all that. So it's not like you just snap up and you're, like, ready to go about your day. So, I mean, where is she at? Still in the hospital there for that. and. it's Although just, she was wise enough, smart enough to knock yeah. on the coffin. Right. Well, geez. I mean, so she got to enjoy her worst nightmare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's essentially does, basically what that was. How does even sleep feel normal after that? Right. Covers. Like, not, nothing. I'm sleeping on my bed with no covers on me in, a, in an aired out room every day for the rest of my life. With a note that says, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm still alive. I'm good. I'm good. That is the, isn't that the ultimate creepy, though? See that's why embalming. There's there's no gray gray area. You're, you're you, when they embalm you, you you will not be coming back. Well, what's worse, being embalmed alive or being buried alive? See, I, yeah, I don't. I'm not a, an expert on that. So when you when you take the blood out of a person, I think <laughs> you pretty much know right. they're dead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, funeral directors can correct. This, I'm trying but. to think of like the most memorable thing that could happen at a funeral. This would have to be that, right? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else could happen, like at a funeral. Have you ever been to one where obviously this didn't happen, but but something very memorable, like the person in the coffin is not the person that is supposed to be in the coffin, and the person that's supposed to be in the coffin walks up the aisle and says, "Hey, that's I'm here. That's not me." That would be the most memorable. You haven't seen that happen though. I think I saw it in a movie once. Yeah. See, that's not the same. No, but it, it could be based on true events. <laughs> you know that story. That would be wild, wouldn't it? That's not me, dude. That's not. I'm alive. I'm. I'm good. I don't know who that dude is. I think that's happened before. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you've got one, how about a crazy funeral stories? Or at least, at least a ceremony. Because I'm. I bet you there. I've. I've heard people say crazy things at funerals, at the eulogies and stuff. Oh, they get a little too too, into too much it. detail. You know. I mean, obviously, you lose yourself with the emotion, so you can't really control yourself. But you know, I've heard some crazy stuff, which is, I guess, is allowable, right? person that's dead can't hear it. 855-616-1620 if you've got a good one on the old National Bank talking text line. A memorable funeral story. <laughs> I don't think anything tops Ecuador. Maybe. No. Maybe, no. but highly unlikely. 842 on Wisconsin's Morning News. thought you were going to tell me what a bad Yagoogalizer I am. A what? A Yagoogalizer. One who speaks at funerals. That funeral story out of Ecuador would have been better had she gotten out and they all started dancing. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody films everything now, right? And they there is video. It. There is video of, of her pounding? No, oh. of them <laughs> of them letting her out though, of, of talking to her when she was in the casket. But now she's she's alive and, and back in the hospital. Man. So yeah. That's a great story. And uh, and you know, I'm happy for her. 
Well, I am too. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Um, Did I derail you there? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm trying to. Th- <laughs> so you're not used to my banter. I am not. You, you're used to the Vetrano banter, but I, you know, I'm the character on my show, so I like to just lead, and I apologize for jumping all over you there. Uh, Lou and West Ellis texting in. Hey, Eric and Steve, I went to my buddy's dad's funeral about 10 years ago. His dad never really liked me. As I walked into the service in a black suit, a bird pooped in the front of my jacket. Ooh, that's bad. Almost that's, as if. That's a bad omen. <laughs> that's a bad omen. The other one would be it's like you're walking up and you trip and fall and you fall into the casket on the person who's been prepared and is laid out. That's awkward. Again, that's too movie-esque. No, that's happened. I've, I know a bunch of funeral directors. That has actually happened. Or something with the casket shifts or moves, and that dry, that'll make people go crazy, too. Like, what did I just watch there? <laughs> did something move? Yeah, the weight shifted. Yeah. All right, so it turns out now the kids are the ones giving out the grades. If you ask a student, they'll tell you U.S. schools could use some improvements. So there's a new Gallup survey out, Steve, that finds that overall 5th through 12th graders give their own schools... An average grade of B minus. B minus. So you're asking a fifth grader, they may say B minus would be the grade they'd give their school. Is that that bad, though? I mean, no. I, I mean, on average, it's B minus. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not, not a C minus. Uh, the categories on how they did the grading included teaching, effectiveness in prepping them for the future, and mental health support. Mm. No word on how many movies they'd get to watch. To kill time. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically like an afternoon off. It's movie day. Yeah, we're not going to do anything. <laughs> Sleep time. Um, nearly a quarter gave schools a C and a tenth gave a D or an F. So for the most part, not bad. B minus on average. Obviously, there were some A's in there. What was the A's? Do you, do you, can you see that or no? Mm-hmm. Like, what, I'd be curious of what they rated them highly on. Lunch program? Yeah. Because th- those things are crazy Recess. now. Lunch programs now are crazy. They have so many options. That we never had, right? Well, ours was pretty basic. Although I'm not complaining that we had homemade food from scratch from neighborhood moms. Yeah. But they have like salad bars and like a taco bars. That I mean, do your kids have this stuff? Well, I, my kids usually bring their own lunch. Oh, you're one of those families. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. One of those. Um, Many blame the reason for some of their grading on the pandemic challenges that disrupted the learning process. I'm willing to bet that most kids gave their teachers fairly decent grades. They generally liked their teachers. Yeah. yeah. Especially homeroom teachers. Especially That's, younger, like fifth through... Yeah. What was just, this is fifth through... For, fifth through 12. So, so it was all the way through, through high school. Yeah. yeah. So you may not be that high. Maybe 12th graders may not always like their teachers. But. I still remember some of my teachers. I had great teachers. And also had not so great teachers, and that that's the same in any profession, right? But I have teachers that I'll, I remember to this day because things they said. Um, Mrs. Otto, at um, when I went to Cuddy High School my first year at freshman, she was awesome. She encouraged me to speak out more and be vocal and and think about what I was going to say. And I didn't utilize that right away, but I used, utilized it later. And and I I thank every day that she pushed me like that because I was kind of hmm. a quiet kid. Yeah, still remember those conversations sometimes in the class, sometimes individually. Awesome. Hope, so she's, hope she's still here. So you'd give her a high grade. I'd so. give her an A+. Plus. Yeah. So overall, B- minus the average grade from students per this new Gallup survey. So we got that. Hmm. I don't think that's a bad grade. B- minus is, no, is okay. It, it's, it's okay. The, I, you know, the thing about the pandemic, 
I don't know that you 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 probably are closer to tonight because you had kids in school. I my kids are long past that, but I have to think that was horribly upsetting and unsettling for kids because it disrupted everything. Oh sure, it definitely did some disruption. I, my kids don't really think about it anymore. No, I mean they're past it or yep, living in the now. Yeah, well that's good. I mean that means you're good parents because you've kind of taught them that you react, you deal with it, and then you move on. That's forward yep. thinking is the best thing. No, I don't care if you're talking about education or whatever. That's that's good parenting. Nice, nice job, Bill Stead. Thank you. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Wisconsin's morning news. So today is Flag Day, Steve. Fly your flags. Flag day starting right here in Wisconsin, southeast Wisconsin, and Wabaka and Ozaki County. Ozaki County. Yeah. Uh, Flag Day, not a federal holiday, but observed across the country. Holiday officially established in 1916. 1949 is when Congress declared June 14th a national holiday. The significance of the day goes back to the Flag Act of 1777, which which recognized the first U.S. official U.S. flag. Yeah, the first time the flag was flown after being adopted was August 3rd, 1777. Mm. In Rome, New York, Pennsylvania, the only state that observes Flag Day as a state holiday, Want to guess how many times, this is a tough one, how many times has the flag been changed? Well, every time there's a new state, right? So, I mean, if there was 13 and we got 50, 37 times, I, I mean, that would be my... You say 37 times yeah. the flag has oh, they, been changed? Oh, there, there might have been states that were, uh, were created on the same day. 27 times. Yeah, close, sort of. 27 times the flag has been changed, according to this. The final star for Hawaii was added in 1960. It gets dicey when you have to have 51 eventually. The designer of the American flag was Francis Hopkinson, a signer of the Declaration of Independence as a delegate from New Jersey. Betsy Ross sewed the first American flag. She did, yeah. You're right. I don't think it'll change again. No, they'll do something else, because... Not that there's, I don't know, there's any mom, uh, momentum to have a 51st state, but you never know. Things do change. I just time. don't see it. I think we're too set in our ways. Puerto 50, Rico? 50s in, I, I'm not saying it shouldn't be a state. I'm just saying that I think actually the flag plays a role in part of that. Like I think people like that there are 50 states and change is difficult for people. And mm. Change is hard for people. Yeah, I agree with that. But maybe it doesn't look like it does now. And everything changes eventually. Nothing is, is static. So, uh, you know, accepting that reality is hard for people. But as I often talk about, it's a good thing. Change is good. It challenges your brain. Speaking of challenge your brain, if I asked you this question about the U- University of Wisconsin-Madison, it's the largest institution in the state. Mm-hmm. I think they got about 49,000 students on average, somewhere around there, high 40s. Double the size of, like, UWM. If I told you that more than half of their students aren't from Wisconsin— like 54%, something like that. Would that surprise you? You're talking about the system or just Madison? Madison. I was surprised by it, by that fact. I thought I would have thought maybe 60% from Wisconsin or less, mm. the rest from other places. Tuition is high for in-staters, isn't okay. it? Okay, but I would expect those kind of numbers from a private school. This is a state school. You would think it and encourage our own students to go to school at the, let's, let's be honest, the premier institution. I don't know, a lot of people schools. blow up UW all the time. Well, they're not perfect, but it's a great institution. I'm just saying. It's it, a great institution. A lot of smart people. UW is a, the target of a lot of criticism sometimes. So am I surprised that maybe they're not having as many people enroll now because they 
hear all the the political. You think that's what back- it is? Oh. Does, does, I mean, on its face, does it surprise? I'm surprised by it because to me, for a state school to have not even fifty percent of, of its students come from the states, undergrad, that seems crazy to me. And we'll we'll talk that uh, through a little bit. Uh, Governor Tony Evers is going to join us. Okay, what are we going to talk to him about? Oh yeah, this vote today, that deal that I I I was rather pessimistic that it ever would happen, and here we are, wins and losses. We played some of the uh, the comments of a state senator earlier. I think it's a big win. I'm curious whether or not he's confident that this will go through here in the Milwaukee County, in the city of Milwaukee. I think we're all less confident the, about that. For the shared revenue. Now, who knows? A lot can happen between now and a vote here at City Hall. If that if it gets shot down here, I say that's it. You are not going to see cooperation. Until and, and if the legislature changes leadership, you will not see cooperation. And that, that for the folks out there who say that's impossible... It happens about every 10 to 15 years in the state. Trust me, it goes back and forth. Unless that happens, nothing else will be done on this issue, and local communities and leaders are going to be pissed. We'll get to that with the governor, 935. We should never use our kids as a pawn. That was some bullshit.